everybody, and welcome back to the show. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone to check us out on your favorite podcast app. I'm on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. And then check us out on YouTube. I've been getting, um, I've been getting good response off of the YouTube clips, so uh, thank you for that. And for anyone wanting context to my clips, the point is to get you curious so that you listen. <laughs> I get comments saying, why is there no context? <laughs> I'm like, the context is, listen to my show. <laughs> so t- um, so today, I'm very excited to have uh, Diana Pinto. Pinto. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is the owner of Pinto Guns mm-hmm. in Renton. Yep. And uh, as the listeners might know, about a year ago, I had a conversation with Lauren Culp, who ran for governor. Mm-hmm. Um, Inslee just trounced him, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I only had 30 minutes with him, and I wish that I had had more time because there was more questions that I wanted to ask. No. So I thought, Always man, lots of questions. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a ton. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, let's have, uh, let's have uh, an, on the business side, because he's, you know, he's on the politics mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. Let's have someone who's on the business side and how these laws actually affect business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went into your shop and was like a crazy person and said, <laughs> hey, do you want to come and have a chat with me? So thank you very much. You're I appreciate very, it. You're very welcome. Excited to be here. So um, tell me a little bit about the the shop, uh, how it started, how uh, how well, you ended, how you yeah how you. I, ended up I with the shop. actually I just tell, I tell people I come from a gun family. Uh, my my dad actually had a gun shop in Kent for about 25 years. Um, so he's an, he was an avid shooter. My mom, her grand her parents, um, my siblings, my my son, my nieces and nephews. So um, that's how we kind of got into guns. And then, um, like I said, with my dad having his shop, uh, we we ran it for a little bit after he closed down or after he passed, and then closed it down. I kind of got into a couple of different businesses and then came back to guns. And so we started. Um, I started where I'm at now in 07 part-time. Hmm. And, and that's downtown Renton. Downtown Renton. And um, a, a lot of people, if you know downtown Renton, were you know, next to the Eagles, all in, in the, the old part where the where the antique stores um, did that part-time. And there was an existing gunsmith there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so we, that was, it was nice to have that partnership. And then when he retired in 2012, uh, we kind of took over the whole place. Uh, and then about, um, I think it's been about four years, we expanded into what was an old pawn shop uh, years ago. And then it was a thrift store. We blew a big wall, a hole out in the wall mm. and expanded. So It is a big shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is a really big shop. I look back and think, I don't know how we did it <laughs> when we first started with as small as it was. <laughs> <laughs> always more space is good. Oh, always. Yes. Um yeah, that, see, that's the thing. When you when you have a hobby, space is mm-hmm. is space is uh, so important it and fills up and, so fast. Uh, when we bought this house, my wife loved it, and I wasn't too crazy about it. And where we're here now, where we are, this the mm-hmm. studio was a scary looking room. <laughs> it had ugly tile. It had the hideous walls. It was dark. It looked like a torture chamber. Oh wow. But I told my wife, you know what, if I can start construction on this space right away, because mm-hmm. I need my space. <laughs> and then she said, OK, so we moved in. And a week later, I had contractors. Oh, in here wow. OK. It. OK. So I Not definitely messing around. Took on it. And then I'm on the I'm on the 
I'm on the boat right now of this isn't enough. Because <laughs> as you can see, I have I've, I use this as a photography studio as well. And there isn't a whole lot of room. <clears throat> so now I'm uh, debating how quickly we should move up our build a building in the back. Oh, plan. OK. Because all the cool guys have a whole warehouse. Oh, yeah. Thing, oh, so. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad had a shop in Kent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, so always around guns, always Always taught. around, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, um, my sisters and I, we have, I have two older sisters and a younger brother, and we always tell a story about uh, it. We were slave labor. I mean, we dad would have, <laughs> my parents were, they were divorced, but we would have, we were with dad on the weekends and we'd go down to the shop and, and uh, help him out there sometimes. And one of our tasks, he would get bullets in by the, huge garbage can oh. and our job was to count them out to put them in hundred packs <laughs> no scale to weigh them no nothing <laughs> counting and my sisters and i will still to this day say we always had that vision of lucy i love lucy uh, at the chocolate factory yeah. <laughs> counting out <laughs> so that got us through this massive garbage can of of bullets that's so, so just buy would buy them in bulk and oh yeah oh yeah just does that still happen? Um, probably not as much, but mm. it, it it. I mean, this was probably. I don't. I don't want to say like a manufacturer size that you could could buy it in, mm. but it was it was a huge amount. Mm. And this show is brought to you by the Sneakers Friend. If you're a sneakerhead and have dozens or hundreds of shoes, and it's heat and you wear them, you'll definitely want to check out the Sneakers Friend. Or if you're just getting into sneakers and you want to keep them looking fresh, you'll definitely want to check out The Sneakers Friend. Formulated with gentle cleaning agents, you can use The Sneakers Friend across a variety of materials. And they have a special offer for CZ Media Podcast listeners. Go to the website, thesneakersfriend.com, purchase your cleaning kit, and enter in code CZMP15, and you'll get 15% off your order. So go to their website, thesneakersfriend.com, order your kit, type in code CZMP15, and you'll get 15% off. So again, sneakerheads, not so much sneakerheads, check out The Sneakers Friend. And so, yeah, we would, so, and then eventually he got a scale or a letter. <laughs> Because they're all the same. Or at least all they should the same. Be. We just count out and wait, fill it up to that weight. But uh, yeah, we just, that's where we kind of cut our teeth. And, and over the summers, we all worked there. And so. So not only did his um, passion for firearms, but also the entrepreneurship, it mm -hmm. seems like you, mm -hmm. you caught on to. Yes. yes. Um, with his, did, uh, once you got older, did you start to do more on the business side? Oh, Probably not until I was, I would say almost maybe college, you know, because again, we'd kind of come home, work in the shop a little bit. Um, so did, did a little bit more, you know, my, my dad had his, his strengths. Paperwork was not always one of them. <laughs> um, and that's what I love. And, you know, so there's you love paperwork. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's sickening. I know. But, you know, it, it, the guys at the shop, it's it's great because you guys always tell them you you sell the gun. You know, you love doing that. And I'm not I don't it's not that I don't like it. It's just you guys have the passion and mm. you and, you know, and the paperwork's got to get done. Yeah. So well, it's super. I mean, it's. 
Mm. There's kind of a whole lot of uh, federal things that you oh, have to keep in mind. Oh, federal and state, and yeah, you got to keep be done right. Eyes dotted and T's crossed, yeah. and so yeah, I would say I probably college where I I started to kind of get to the dad. You do what your strength is, and I'll do the paperwork. Kind mm. of. How different is owning a gun shop now versus when oh. your dad had it? The big thing is internet. I mean, he, he, um, when he passed away, it probably was just coming on. Mm. Um, so that's, that's been the big thing because, you know, when you're pricing out a used gun, you, before you would think, well, in this area, they're not real popular. So it's $400, but now you're kind of thinking, nationwide right um and you've got people customers that are smart and that are looking and saying this just sold on gun broker for 800 bucks and so um it's been good and bad yeah that's what i was thinking it could be good because it does open up your customer base Mm -hmm. but bad because then when someone comes into the shop they're just automatically going to price shop kind of yeah yeah yeah. you get those customers who say hey i there's this price is 100 bucks cheaper someplace else do you yeah and you probably always run into that i think even back in his day you'd get you know people that do price match yeah no um again the bigger thing that we that we run into is um i would say the higher prices where someone's got a firearm they want to sell us and we look at and okay we'll probably sell it for 600 bucks and they well, I saw it online again. I saw it online for a thousand. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little something called uh, keeping the lights on. <laughs> exactly. Or it's, you know, again, the big thing we see is that's what someone is asking. That's mm. not what they're getting. Yeah. You know, look at the look at the auction sites where you can actually see hammer prices. That's what they're selling for. Somebody might be asking a thousand. Right. But and, it's still for sale. Yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting. There's parallels. I mean, that's just business. It is. It's just and, business. You know, yeah. I'm super into sneakers. Right behind that paper, there's mm. about 70 pairs of sneakers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. And when I got them, I mean, that's what I did. It's like go to who is selling them. Mm-hmm. And there's the, and this is another this is a good thing and a bad thing. There is one website. <clears throat> That tells you what they sold for. Oh, okay. So if you're looking for this particular sneaker, it tells you what were the, what were the last sales. Oh, okay. And then it's kind of like people bid. So people will put what they want, mm-hmm. but then people will put what they will pay. And then if someone is desperate enough, they'll select the lower amount. Mm-hmm. And then that throws the price for the next oh, yeah. week or so, a little yeah. topsy-turvy. Yeah. It's like, hey, someone, you know, either go... I've been burned where I bought a shoe <laughs> because I thought it was going to be super exclusive. Oh. And the worst one was I paid almost $1,000 for a shoe. And then it turned out that Nike produced way more than oh, okay. anticipated. And now that shoe is probably, you could probably get it for 300 bucks. Oh. <laughs> but I was one of those idiots who just jumped the gun and saw that people were paying you know that much I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, but it's i mean it's a it's, it's, a, it's is, a risk you, it is and you, <laughs> you see that with um with the new gun mm. you know like when ruger came out with its precision rifle and they were really hard to get if if we could have gotten them from our vendors and our normal markup i want to say it would have been 14 1500 people were putting them online 
$2,500 and getting it. So there's that, I got to be the first kid on the block with the new toy (laughs) and which is fine. But then it's, you're not going to get that if you, when you go to sell it, because Uh, who do you think is doing this? Is it guys doing it? Is it dudes jumping the gun and just saying, I need this now? I think so. That's a man trait. I think. I think so. I I mean, it's probably not. Cause there's, there's probably, there's women out there, I guess with, with the purses and the shoes and things like that, that I got to have, I got to be to say I'm the first (laughs) one that has this. Cause my wife does not have that with anything. She's not a collector. She, she collects, this is the crazy thing. She collects these tote bags that businesses give out at fairs and stuff. (laughs) She has them everywhere. Like I can, I think there's easily a hundred of them in upstairs. And then there's probably (laughs) another 20 in her car. And then when we go somewhere, she'll say, Oh, um, here, I'm going to take well, these bags. Well, she's got her bag. <laughs> it, it, but then she'll want to then put the bags into my car Uh-oh. and have them just in case. It's like, I don't want these bags in my car. I think um, we all probably have something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not the, you know, the latest and greatest, but I, I joke with, with Chris that, you know, I went to the dollar store, spent 45 bucks at the dollar <laughs> store. <laughs> that, that and Joanne Fabrics are, are my crack. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I chuckle when I hear Joanne's because as a kid, my mom would go mm. and I was just fascinated by looking at all of the patterns. Oh, like, yeah. Who does this? Mm. And I just, but then my mom didn't use patterns. She would just go and get, and she mm. would make curtains and mm-hmm. do all that <laughs> stuff. So that always brings back a memory. Um, <clears throat> well, w- what's happening right now. And then it is, I think I'll just go ahead and get right into this part. It is HB 2040, and it is a ban on assault-style assault style weapons. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Just it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, um, what what they're banning, what they're calling. Um, because it's not even, you know, the, 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 the issue is what is considered an assault yeah. so firearm. Yeah, that's my next question yeah. is what is um, an assault style? Because when you really look <laughs> at what the actual definition is, hmm. yes, it is a military, it's, it's, um, it has the ability to go fully auto. I believe it has ability to go burst, which is like three round, you know, um, it, it has some other physical characteristics, um, but it's thrown around so loosely that because in this, in this ban, um, one of the things I think people didn't realize it's, it's assault. They're going after rifles and handguns and shotguns. And it's so, yeah. Um, now they have to have certain characteristics, but with the handguns and this, I bring this up cause it's kind of the easiest one to define. Um, their definition of an, of, of an assault weapon, as far as a pistol is concerned, is it has to have a detachable magazine. Um, it's gotta be semi-automatic and then one or more of the following characteristics, one of them being a threaded barrel. So so you have a silencer. Yeah. Um, so if you have a Glock with a threaded barrel, that's now considered an assault weapon. Mm, That Okay. Yeah. Um, 22 caliber pistols, Ruger, 
one of their really popular ones is the Mark IV uh, Light series. And it's a very, very popular target pistol. But again, if it's got a threaded barrel. What's the logic behind that? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean. Um, I mean, they already make it really hard to get silencers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a federal. You have to go federal through federal permit. paperwork. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, it's not it's not extremely difficult. There's a bunch of hoops that you have to go through mm-hmm. when you pay a tax stamp, a $200 tax stamp. Um, but I have no idea why, mm-hmm. because silencers are legal in this state. I don't know why they see. And that's, that's where this, and, and it's, you kind of think, give me an example of the last time a silencer or a suppressor was used in a crime. Right. Or a mass shooting. Or lots of movies. Lots of movies, exactly. <laughs> so this is where, you know, we, we spoke of earlier with the common sense that if, you, if you're really, really trying to solve a problem, okay, let's look at where, let's look at the guns that are causing problems right. or, the, or the people behind those guns yeah. and address it that way. This, this you're right, has, it's, it's, it's a feel, what we call a feel good, right. you know, they're, uh, they're going to tout it and this is an historic an event and we've, you know, the people of Washington state have spoken and we're no longer going to accept, you know, these guns in, in, in our society. Yeah. And, um, is, does California have a similar law? No, see, Would that's you know? the interesting thing is we, we've discussed this at length because, um, I was, I was talking to my son about it earlier and, and he said, even in California, you can get an AR. He said, now it's a neutered AR. It's got to have, it's got a lot of, uh, things kind of done to it, but you can still buy an AR. Hmm. You can no longer buy an AR in Washington yeah. state. You can't even make them. No. There's a manufacturer in Tacoma, correct? Uh, Arrow. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking with my buddy about them and you were just curious, like, does that mean they close shop? And I'm not sure. I, I it, that's one thing with with the, the gun industry is it's it's like a whole bunch of women at a knitting bee. There's so many rumors. <laughs> um, you know, guys like to say women gossip on. Oh. Um, so I've heard that they're moving. I've heard that they've got an exemption. I've heard a lot of things. So I don't know what huh. what is going to happen with them. Hmm. Yeah, because that's. I mean. In the in in a in a state where we need more jobs and mm-hmm. people working, mm-hmm. the idea of closing an industry down that will take jobs away mm-hmm. seems kind. Of, I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, hypocritical. I think on. I think it is ab- absolutely because it's going to affect a lot of gun shops yeah. too. I mean, we're very <laughs> lucky that we um, we're not an AR heavy shop. We deal with more of the collectibles, the hunting. Uh, excuse me, and. Um, ammunition and reloading and so we're a little bit broader footprint on what we sell but the shops that are predominantly ar parts and accessories um yeah they're they're gonna have to really switch Mm. what they're selling and hope that they can survive yeah that's so the how how if i'm correct you can keep your AR. Yes, if you have it. So yeah, so you don't have to do anything. No. Um, extra. Was, was that the case when they banned the the AR pistols? Are you talking about the pistol braces? Yeah. Um, 
Yes and no. Um, when they finally made their final ruling on the braces, you had, I believe you had five options. You could either um, apply for uh, for the, lice, the federal license to turn it into a short barrel rifle. You could take the brace off. Um, you could turn your gun over to the police. <laughs> um, the, uh, you could put a 16 inch barrel upper on it and basically turn it into a rifle. Um, so yeah, there were, there's, I think there were about five things that you could do um, you to could make turn it, it legal. into a rifle. Mm-hmm. So short barrel rifles, bad regular rifles. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, and not, and not bad as far, but, but, well, federal state ban, yeah. yes ban you know <laughs> which is yeah and and it's and that's where it, so much of this just gets ridiculous again i when the um my son is 26 or 27 today oh, uh happy, happy birthday, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh we were talking about the the same thing and he was like mom it's what does it matter if it's 16 inch or 10 inch or 9 inch or this or that and he's like i said you're right in a per, again, in a perfect world, it should be, are you a good person? Have Are you a criminal? Have you followed the laws? Have you broken laws? Are you eligible to own a gun? And within reason, we should be able to sell you anything. Mm. But that's, yeah, I, I you're right. What's the difference between a short barrel rifle that you have legally and a 16-inch barreled rifle? Yeah, that was the, <clears throat> that was the next firearm that I was going to get would be one of those AR pistols. Mm-hmm. And then um, then uh, as I was talking about it with my buddy, he goes, you can't get those anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And he has one. And he, yeah, he was kind of, well, he was pissed off about it because he's <laughs> like, now they're going to make me apply for, like if it's just, if I just have it, you know, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if anything happens, like I, and then to, to protect myself, I should go get this permit or whatever. And he didn't want to do that. Um, but I'm like, oh, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not in the cards for me. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to ask some questions that I don't know if they're faux pas questions to no, ask. No worry. Uh, just because, again, I, I'm new to this. Sure. Um, what about people that go to Idaho, just cross over, get something, and then bring it back? Well, if it's if it's a serial numbered item like a firearm. Um, By law, you for handguns, you have to be a resident of that state to buy a handgun in that state. So if you were going to go to Idaho and buy a handgun, you can't. Mm. Um, long guns, there's some leeway. Um, it, common practice used to be if it was an adjoining state, like here a lot of dealers in Washington would say, okay, if you're Oregon, if you're Idaho, if you're Alaska, I know it's not adjoining, but it's, you know, take Canada out and we're adjoining. <laughs> um, and it was a long gun. They would sell you a gun and do the federal background check. Hmm. But now uh, because states are, you know, Idaho or Oregon has changed a lot of its state, its laws, um, a lot of gun shops, and we do this, we'll sell you, if you're an Oregon resident or an Idaho resident or an Alaska, I'll sell it to you, but I will not give it to you over the counter. I will ship it to your dealer. 
Oh, and so then, you have to do the then F- they'll do the background check, the FFL transfer. <laughs> FFL, yeah. Um, and that's just that's that's for us one because I know that they've changed some things in Oregon, and I want to make sure I'm I'm legal. Yeah. Um, it's also because Washington a few years ago changed their um, their taxation, and so mm-hmm. if. Again, if you're an Alaska resident, you come down here and you buy a gun, I have to charge you sales tax. If I ship it to you, I don't. Okay. So it's probably it might be a wash with shipping. Um, but you know, we've just opted at our shop to just say no, no over the counter, out of state. We'll ship it to you, but you're gonna do paperwork. And it's and it comes down to because I want to make sure they're gonna follow whatever law is in that state. Yeah. Because that's what they have to do. So now does that mean an uh, you know an Idaho dealer if you went across the line and got a semi-automatic rifle in Idaho? I, I would I'd be willing <laughs> to bet that some of the dealers over there will probably sell you a semi-auto. Um, now again, technically you're bringing it back into the state, you're importing it, and that is against the law. Um, you know, people talk the same thing about with high cap mags. Well, if I go to Idaho, if I go to Oregon. There's nobody stopping you at the border. Right. You know, um, you know, we've we've had a few people that that have said that I'm just going to go to Idaho. Well, you just need to make sure at the very least that they didn't develop that particular firearm (laughs) Mm. after the ban. Yeah. (laughs) Then you've got proof that that gun didn't, you know, Glock didn't come out with like right now. There's a Glock 28, which is a 380 that just recently was sent was was is selling to the public so uh make sure you don't have any high caps for that because it didn't come out until after the ban so little things like that (laughs) and i don't know how they're gonna to self (laughs) exactly yeah um but i mean in all in all honesty yeah you you can't you're not going to track this what i think is going to happen is kind of like with 594 when that was the 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 law that banned private transfers Mm -hmm. is you know are the, if if you sold your sold a gun to your best friend, you know I've known him since he was two. I know he's not a felon. I know right. he's a good guy. I'm just gonna sell him this gun and give it to him. Um, you're probably not going to get in trouble. I you know my thought is it's probably somebody who has a list of criminal charges mm. and they're just gonna tack that on and say you know we busted him with drugs and five hundred guns and this and this and this and by the way, yeah. He's got 50 high cap mags. And is it, if, if I'm, am I correct that family members don't need to do this FFL? Like if it's transferring within. If it's, yes, that was one of the exemptions from 594 was mm-hmm. if it's a bona fide gift to, um, a lot of people will say it's blood relatives, but it's, it's pretty close relatives. Um, but it does, I believe include like in-laws, um, nieces, nephews, so pretty close, but yeah, there's a very, a very definite list of who is, is exempt. When I purchased my, my AR, I bought it from a friend's friend Mm -hmm. and I've known my friend for over 10 years. And, uh, I told him, cause he's like, we were going to have to go to a shop 
do the FFL. They keep it for two weeks. I get the background check. And I said, just tell him to sell it to me. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's against the law. I said, and then I read it. And then I said, no, it's within family. Just tell him that he's my cousin. <laughs> it's like I'm Mexican. There's a hundred, yeah. there's thousands yeah. of cousins everywhere. It, it'll have to be, but no, he stuck to his guns and I had to wait two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, when I got that one and it's a POF, um, mm-hmm. And it is petrifying. Yeah, I it's it's scary. It's pretty probably pretty loud. Yeah. It is uh the first time I went shooting at a range, I stood there for a good five minutes and I was just so I, I got <laughs> it's there's sweat that I was just so nervous. Mm-hmm. And as I was, you know, loading and it, it was like if I was holding the most delicate <laughs> and my buddy who I was with, he says you're making me more comfortable by being so careful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're not taking it, mm-hmm, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're taking it you're serious. Gi- giving, yes. Giving it he the goes, respect I've, it deserves. <clears throat> he goes, I've gone shooting with other friends who it was also their first time and they were just oh yeah, very careless in their movements and not really looking. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, these things are, they, they deserve to be treated with very much res- Am- tons absolutely, of respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I've, yeah, my AR is fun to shoot. I've only shot it a few times. Um, but man, cause ammo's expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing people ask, you know, is this coming down? I don't know. I don't know that it's ever going to go back to, you know, five ninety nine or four ninety nine a box. Yeah. It's, you can spend a, uh, you know, 200 bucks in ammo oh, yeah. out of oh, yeah. in half an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it is, I, it is fun to do, mm-hmm. like even just mm-hmm. as a sport, they're mm-hmm. fun to do. My mother-in-law gifted me her, my father-in-law's 380, 380, mm-hmm. 30, 380, 38 revolver. Yeah. Okay. Special mm-hmm. that it was super old. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that one now has sentimental value yeah. to it yeah. because he, you know, he was, it was my father-in-law's and. My mother-in-law would say, yeah, I slept with this under my pillow, <laughs> under pillow. for a long time. <laughs> and that one's fun to shoot, too. Yeah, it's they like are. The, they they're are. super fun to shoot. Um, <clears throat> what is, well, since I, I mentioned that I have 70 pairs behind there, <laughs> what does your, your house look like? Um, it. It's a it's a very small old house. Um, like I said before, I don't really collect a huge amount. Um, I've I've even with guns, I've got one safe. Um, more of them are sentimental. My dad, you know, that mm. I got from him. So no no John Wick room that have that have them all <coughs> mounted up. No on the wall. no no John Wick. Um, <laughs> no, I have kind of I would say I probably have a girly house. You know, floral <laughs> and I mean I I. Uh, when I went to Africa years ago and and hunted, and oh. thank God had the shop because I was like, no, I'm not taking these to the house. They're my, they're not gonna they're not gonna fit in the vibe of my house. So take them down to the shop. Oh, <laughs> how was that? Very fun. What did you get? Mm. We had um, oh gosh, what did we had a couple of choices? But I got um, I got a couple wildebeest. I got a warthog. That was one that I oh. I really you got that Pumba. was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got an Impala. I got oh. five. Um, I can't remember what. 
I don't know. I the two the two wildebeests. Maybe I got three wildebeests. Um, but it was it was yeah it was. So those are they're at the shop. Yes, yeah. Everything <laughs> except for the warthog is at the shop. Yeah. You kept the warthog. No, no. I we took it over to um, Chris's cabin and he. Uh, we didn't realize it until at, at night we put him uh, this down at the bottom of the stairway. Uh, it's kind of a split level and we put him on the wall there. Well, we, he's under a, like a light sconce oh. and we didn't realize it until the house was dark and we flipped on that sconce and it lights him up from the bottom. Oh. <laughs> so he's a little a, creepy, a little scary, a little scary, but it's, it was like, Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> We're going to leave him there. <laughs> That's fun. What did you what did you take to on that hunt? Uh, I took over a oh boy, yeah. Uh, I think it was one of Chris's Mausers in three hundred eight or seven by fifty. No, three hundred eight. And um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there. I can't remember. Um, but we knew the professional hunter. He was, he's a very good friend. Mm -hmm. And so they had, he actually had me switch to uh, a seven Mauser when I was there to, to use. Um, so, um, but that was, that was great. It was, a, it was a great gun, great cartridge. Um, yes. I now remember it was five animals, six shots total. Wow. Very proud of that. Very proud of that. Well, all the yeah. way to Africa to shoot five, yeah. five bullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, told, I tell somebody, I, you know, they said they were, well, you know, wow, that was really impressive. I said, well, part of it was said, it, I mean, it wasn't, we were in not, not the off season, but the time that you want to go hunting with their seasons are the opposite of ours. Mm. So December is ungodly hot. And we were in there, um, July, August. So it was warm, but it was not hot, but I still, I, I had, I had heard stories of people shooting an animal and then having to track it for miles. And, and I was like, <laughs> I am not cut out to do that. Yeah. So I want to make sure I shoot it. I'm respectful. I want that animal to go down. I don't want to be one of these. Yeah. We tracked it for 800 miles in yeah. the bush. <laughs> I like watching uh, Steve Ranella's meat eater. Mm. And he does that. Um, he's, he's had a few of those where oh. he gets it tries to track it some of them he just can't yeah, find yeah they're just gone yeah it's it's <clears throat> amazing how far they can run mm. um but um yeah like i said i i got i got very lucky now is it so when people say when people hear you know i go on the safari to africa is it true that you have to buy a license or a tag oh, yeah. to mm -hmm. get this mm -hmm. um because i was listening to to people talk about that and there was a guy who works at one of these uh preserves mm -hmm. in africa and he said that there are they are funded by hunter i mean i don't want to say 100 percent, but a big chunk of their budget mm -hmm. comes from hunters who mm -hmm. want to come mm -hmm. so when you see people that are on these safaris and get an animal you're they are actually helping oh absolutely preserve absolutely it's not just like you someone here can just say hey i'm gonna go to africa and go kill a yeah. lion yeah. or something no it's 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 incredible i mean you pay 
obviously your airfare, your hotel, your lodging, things like that. Um, a lot of the the guide services when we went, we it was a a, a package. So you had all of your. We had a driver. Um, when you're at a lodge, you normally would have like a skinner and a tracker and things like that. But you pay the trophy, what's called a trophy fee. Mm. Um, and the thing about the trophy fee is I think the common saying is if there's blood, you pay. So meaning, let's say I'm going to shoot um, a Nyala, which is um, a, it's a it's a beautiful animal, really tall, just beautiful. Um I want to say the trophy fee for that is 2,500. Mm. Now, if I shoot it and we're tracking it and there's blood and we don't find it, I'm still out You're that $2,500. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes. So you, you, they make, yeah, the money goes to the preserves. You also, um, I don't know if it's a matter of you can't bring the meat out or they just don't, but you don't bring it out. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> that's all eaten. Yeah, that's all stays within their community. Stays with. The lodge will get some of the the better cuts. When we were there, that was all we ate was game meat. Um, but the locals get a ton of it. I mean, we saw, we would, we would walk behind kind of some of the barns and there's zebra heads and you knew that yeah. they were going to get eaten. Yeah. Um, so everything is used. Yes. Right. It goes back to the community. Um, so. Yeah. I've had these conversations with a couple of friends that are, that don't like the second amendment and are very much in that world. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, Oh, this, uh, who it was there's in the news in the past couple of years has been a couple of them. And it's usually gets a bad rap because it's usually someone who's wealthy. And mm-hmm. then, then the, they start saying, oh, the wealthy people here think they can just go and pillage other countries yeah, and, and be proud of it. And then I would I said that. I said they probably paid a whole ton of dough mm-hmm. to that country, to that mm-hmm. preserve. Mm-hmm. And they're using it to, yeah, to make it better. Yeah. And you've also got you've got people out out in the field. So you've got less poaching because yeah. there's people out there. Right. You know, if I'm out there hunting, I'm not, you know, it's, it's still eyes in the woods. And so, yeah, you you absolutely, um, you know, like I said, the, with, with an Inyala, that's, but you get into some of the bigger animals, 10, 20, 30,000 yeah. for one. For one animal. And again, <laughs> and there's no guarantee. Yeah. That's one thing I, you know, I tell people with, with hunting is that, there's absolutely no guarantee and you still pay that money. And, you know, for, for like some of the cats, you had to book at least like with the, the hunter, the people that we used, you had to book a, a two week hunt. Didn't matter if you got your tiger or, or not right. tiger, but your leopard <clears throat> your, on day one, you still paid yeah. that full amount. So yeah, it's absolutely beneficial to the community um, you know, and, and the other thing people, you know, they figure out they, or they forget about, I would, I always fall back on this is whether you're talking deer here or elk or moose or African, that animal is probably going to go out one of three ways. It's going to, it's going to get shot. It's going to die of starvation or disease or something like that, or it's going to get taken out by a predator. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but <laughs> the first one is if I'm going to go, you know, there's no retirement home. There's no, no old age community. <laughs> hey, 
the I follow this Instagram account called Nature is uh, Brutal. Mm-hmm. And nature is br- mm-hmm. <laughs> nature is brutal. Yeah. One of the craziest ones was an an elk that had it must have well it got into a fight with another elk and had its head <gasps> trapped in its antlers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like wow. I've seen those oh, where nature's metal. That's what it is. Yeah, I, is I saw one where somebody came across some, some, something similar and they were both dead. Oh found the bones and then you could yeah they were still locked uh, interlocked so yeah yeah it's and you know the conservation and gun and and gun ownership kind of is hand in hand Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean in uh where was it in alaska they 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 okay take one second okay the cz media podcast is brought to you by rancho bravo tacos with two convenient locations, Capitol Hill and Wallingford, it's super easy for you to get some delicious Mexican food. Tacos, burritos, tostadas, whatever you like. I prefer the birria tacos. They're delicious. I dip them in a consume. Ugh, love it every single time. The Capitol Hill location has a convenient drive through or you can pick up your order and enjoy the patio. Rancho Bravo Tacos also offers catering. If you have an event coming up and you're in charge of catering, Go to the website, RanchoBravoTacos.com, fill out the catering form. You'll get it all sorted out. They'll get it all worked out, and your event will be a hit. You will be the hit of your event if you get catering from Rancho Bravo Tacos. So don't forget, Capitol Hill, Wallingford, the website, RanchoBravoTacos.com, catering, patio, drive through perfect, convenient, <clears throat> delicious. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually put a, I'll put a commercial in there. Oh, commercial I started break. A, <laughs> I started a sneaker cleaner oh. um, brand and I'm shouting it out all the time. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah, because, you know, then uh, Alaska, I believe they gave tags for wolves mm-hmm. and because it, they, they're, they're disruptive. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. killing caribou and in uh, Texas, they do the javelinas, mm-hmm. the, those... Not only are those destroying farms, but they attack people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wild boars. Yeah. They're doing a tremendous amount of damage to crops, to to other wildlife. Yeah. You know, the, the, the native. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. I was telling someone about um, with the elephants in Alaska or in, in Africa that. You know, when they go through an area, I mean, it's un, it's oh. unbelievable. Yeah. They, they destroy just everything. they destroy it. And they were saying. <laughs> One of the things there was, I think it's an acacia tree that the the giraffe will feed on. And what after they've fed a, a, a while, it gives off a bitter compound. So the giraffes will move on. You know, mm. they eat a little bit, not all of it. Well, they said what happens with the elephants is they get upset and they'll sometimes push the tree over. And they said now that that now if that, you know, they're they're starting to see declines in vultures mm. because of the nests. Um some of the other birds. So yeah, it's, it's everything, you know, works together and it, you know, you, you have these highs and lows and it's sometimes natural. I mean, and if we stepped out of it, you, yeah, mother nature is going to have, you know, a winter kill that was real heavy. So therefore all the rabbits died. So now all the coyotes are going to, and you know, and it goes, it, it ebbs yeah. and flows. It, yeah. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, <clears throat> I believe a lot of people think that, 
nature will just be in this level state yeah. and never change. And if we didn't interrupt, it's like, no, they're still going to kill each other. Yeah. I mean, we're, this life is not a, a Disney movie. No. It's not, everybody's not going to just love each other. And, and yeah, you're, you're just going to have, yeah, problems. I have one, I have two friends who are avid hunters. Um, and one of them, he's a little nuts because he will, He's the he's the guy who shoots squirrels and then eats squirrels. <laughs> and then I would say, like, why? It's like I get elk, I get and I kind of even get bear. Mm-hmm. But I had bear once and it did not taste Mm-mm. good. <laughs> I don't like it. Mm-mm. But it's like, why a squirrel? <laughs> why are you purposefully eating squirrels? I don't understand. I, we had a we have a customer who um this was a couple of years ago, came in, he was going to go, I think he was going, I don't know if it was Wisconsin, kind of back east, and he was going to go squirrel hunting. And I was <laughs> kind of the same thing. I was like, oh, he, he says, they're a lot bigger oh. than they are here. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I, I don't know. You know, then I was like, is it like chicken? Is it the, you know, Does it taste like chicken? What's it taste like? Yeah. I think if it were in front of me, I would go I ahead and I think I would give it, it a try. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna purposefully go out of my way. Um, what's what was your first gun? Oh my goodness! Um, I can remember my dad training my sisters and I with. Um, it probably was a little Smith and Wesson 34 22 revolver. Hmm. That's probably what our my first. Do you still have it? Um, I don't have that one. No, I don't know. uh, I'm not sure what dad probably, he may have sold it. He may have, you know, he kind of was always um, getting stuff and and then he'd sell it. And, and, um, you know, he was always a sucker for for a dad coming in (laughs) saying, you know, I just want to get an inexpensive little 22 for my son. So he'd. If he had one that he was saving for maybe his grandchildren, he'd mm. sell them and then wait for another one to come along. So, the so you so with the shop, <clears throat> how many? What should we do? Like, what's your? You said you weren't an AR heavy shop, mm-hmm. um, and that it was more on the collectible side. Collectible hunting, yeah. target shooting, yeah. I've seen one, and I think it was a nineteen eleven. I mean, I don't know if it was still there. I haven't been there um, in a few weeks, but it was really expensive. It was um, engraved. Yeah, there's. We, it, we probably don't have it there. We we get in some collectibles. Um, every so often, Colt or somebody will do what what's, what we call like a commemorative, and it might be um, commissioned by uh, like a historical society or something like that. And yeah, they're gold engraved and they've got a presentation box, things like that. Um, But you've also got uh, legitimate old 1911s from 1915, 1916, you know, 1920. Um, And if they're all original, they can fetch a few thousand or more. They can go. Mm -hmm. Um, My... A friend of mine, his dad, his his father-in-law had his, he gave him his service 1911 mm. from, from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And I got to shoot that once. And it was really, it was a nice, mm-hmm. it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also on my list of ones that I want. I, it's a, that's just a good, I think if I had to create a list of, if I want to collect guns, what 
you know, what's my 10 bare minimum? A, a 1911. A it's 1911. just, it's just, they're so, uh, they're just, uh, they're just so iconic. So, um, John Browning was just a phenomenal gun designer. Um, I, I don't know how many, how many guns he developed, but you know, there's a lot of them you think of that, that, you know, come to mind that he, d he developed. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the 1911 is just, that's, it's nice. That's yeah. That's it's just nice. like I said, if you're going to collect guns, you gotta, you don't, you know, you don't have to have an original, but you gotta have 1911. Do, do these collectibles that you have at the shop that are, you know, nice engraved, do they get used? Like, will <laughs> people take them and um, most of the time, no, um, because that, well, and it, 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 cause that's part of the inherent value of them is that they're unfired. Um, oh. now it doesn't mean that one of the things that people fall into is, uh, Winchester with their 94s or lever actions. Winchester has come out with over the years, probably I'd say conservatively at least 50 or a hundred different commemoratives, Wild Bill, Golden Spike, law, uh, there's, you name it, you know, Texas, every state probably could have had one. Um, and um, they, at the time when they sold them, they were probably for that time, time frame fairly expensive. Um, but if you shoot them, then it just kind of becomes what I would call, it's a nice lever action but it's not a not it's it's kind of like mm -hmm. if you're like you said with the tennis shoes if you have something or a, or a um an action figure that's new in box yeah you play with that <laughs> the it, value, the goes, value down. goes down yeah yeah uh, i'm the knucklehead who out of those 70 maybe i've worn 15 <laughs> and the oldest pair that i have is from oh five mm. that i still haven't <laughs> worn <laughs> which <clears throat> but unlike guns shoes will fall apart if you yeah. don't wear <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that one's just too old <clears throat> now you know john wick huge movie mm -hmm. and you know some people say oh it glorifies guns and then other people say these guns are so cool and you know he's doing all of this training and it, i mean it's a cartoon basically yeah. this, this oh movie. yeah it's, it's it's not real and but the guns that he uses are real. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of YouTubers <clears throat> that make re that do reviews mm -hmm. and talk about them. Now, what makes in one of his and I don't remember which one it is, but one of his handguns sells retail for like sixty five hundred dollars. <throat> what makes a what what makes a gun sixty five hundred dollars? The the finish, the fit, um, probably some of the, um, it's not conditions, but, um, you know, what it's made of night sights, things that are, that are on it. Mm. Um, you know, you, you take a, a nice match grade firearm, um, and it's just, it's just smooth. The, the, it's, you know, the metal has been polished. The trigger, you know, is, is when you shoot a good trigger, you are just like, oh, I get it. I get. Um, mm. So the, are you talking about the like the where it initiates the, and yeah, where it disengages? It, yeah, where it for me and I know it's probably not the right terminology, but where it where it breaks, mm. you know, on it just 
you're you're pulling the trigger and then you just clicks it just um so it's it's kind of like anything it's the what it took to to you know again the finish the the how the pieces are are together now some of it is name as well mm. some of it is just a prestigious brand exactly um and there is value you know you can look at it and say okay yeah it's got night sights and it's and it's hand fit and it's this and that mm, that's maybe about a four thousand dollar gun but it's got this name on it so they've they've kind of marked it up the 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 competition guns mm -hmm. what makes a competition gun different than a non-competition gun um well first of all depending on the competition um but like my family we do cowboy action shooting so it's predominantly it's revolvers um lever actions and shotguns that we use um for those, it's what we kind of call smoothing out or with, or an action job. So when you go to cock it, it it's a lighter um, hammer spring, so it doesn't mm. take as much effort to cock. Um, again, it's very smooth. You know, to use the old term, it's like butter. It's yeah. just it just cocks nicely and lightly. Um, again, the trigger. Uh, on the lever action rifles, again, you've had somebody go in and just smooth all those potential little burrs. So when you're working the lever, it's just very smooth. Um, you can get some things that will um, shorten up the, the um, and again, I'm going to get this wrong. Short, I think they call it short stroke, where instead of having to go full forward and all the way back, you just go maybe quarter of that. Oh. So the faster I'm doing that, the faster I can shoot. So why wouldn't, why if, if I was in, why wouldn't people want that as a default, as a default uh, style? Because oh, um, it it's going to cost more. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it's, it's, if you have to have a qualified gunsmith do that, um, like some of the companies, like Cimarron is one of the bigger um, cowboy revolver companies. They came out with one that was kind of, had an action job and I would say it kind of got you halfway there, but it was about a hundred bucks more mm. than just stock. Um, and so you're going to have, you know, you're going to pay a, a gunsmith at least a hundred bucks, maybe okay. more to, to do that. Um, so, but it, getting back to with the competition. So if you're getting into like with semi-automatic competition, um, again, it's sites, um, it's usually some kind of compensator. So when you're firing it, it's the muzzle. You're not going to have as much muzzle rise, so you can stay on your target. Okay. Um, easier. Um, you might have like what's called a, f uh, a flared magwell, where if you're, if you're looking at the bottom of it, it's kind of almost like a funnel. So if I'm having to grab a magazine off me and load it, and I'm not really looking, I'm just, cause I'm, okay. I'm usually <clears throat> on the move. <clears throat> Um, so I'm just kind of putting it in and I want it to kind of guide in. Like you say, okay. if you had a funnel there, if I yeah. hit it wide, it's going to kind of guide it in. Yeah, okay. Um, so little things like that, that just, it's all about how fast I can do so, how much, how much speed I can save or how fat much faster I can be. That makes sense. I wonder why that, that, that didn't occur to me. Because <laughs> I was, you know, as I just browsed, you mm -hmm. know, it says competition yeah. in there. And it's like, what, what, what makes this competition? Um, with, the sh with the shopping, with customers, do you have customers now that 
would that went to your dad shop? I do. I see. Yeah. I see um, more. I don't. I don't remember a lot of them, but I we do get people that yeah. I used to go to your dad's shop. Oh, There's a few cool. that I remember, um, but more of them I just I just hear. Hey, I used to go to your dad's and and so. Yeah, and that's, that's nice. Neat. That's nice. Yeah. That must be good for the, for them too to continue, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. giving business to the yeah. Pinto name. Yeah, yeah. Um, where does Pinto come from? The name. Um, we're Italian, so um, I, I, I you mean as far as our word yeah. last name? Yeah, <laughs> just just it's our it's my last name, and it's it's Italian. But I've heard people say it's it's not very common in Italy. I think it's somebody said it's more more Portuguese, but oh. that's, yeah. My grandfather mm. was from, from, uh, Bari, Italy. So, mm. um, so you see, uh, you, your son, you said you had uh-huh. more, mm-hmm. multiple sons, just multiple one, sons, that's just all one. I can do. <laughs> one and done. <laughs> yeah. I'm an only kid. too. <laughs> do they say that your son is spoiled that you spoil him? Uh, probably we, he had this discussion cause my, <laughs> each of my sisters each has three kids oh. and, um, yeah, he's, he was, I'm not, I'm, I don't have old, old only child syndrome. I said, well, you kind of do, babe. A little bit. He's like, well, what is that? I said, well, it's, it's, you're not bad. You're not totally spoiled, but you're definitely, you're an only child. You, yeah. you, you know, you like, you have your things and you didn't ever have to share them with anybody. And so. Yeah. I, I'm an only kid and my cousins would call me a spoiled kid, but <laughs> I don't, I really don't think I was. <laughs> I really don't think I was. Um, so is he also, is he a, a fan and does he want to go into the family business? Uh, he's, he wants to be a police officer. Oh. He's trying that um, actively. We used to say when he was younger, um, is either going to be a cop or a criminal? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he hasn't done anything bad, but I he's he's gone through his, uh, I'm just going to say he's gone through his semi-criminal phase and now he... <laughs> You know, he did, he's a kid, he's a boy. He did things that, you know, boys do. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he wants to be a police officer, but, but. Well, Seattle needs them. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know that he wants, I don't know that he <laughs> wants <people>. Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. No, but, no. um, <clears throat> but he's definitely, yeah, he's into guns. Um, he, um. His his fiance, uh, when they first met, they she's not a gun person at all, and he has gotten her into it, oh. gotten her family into it. Um, so she when when she comes to the shop now, she's looking. Oh, that's cute. That's kind of cute. Oh, that's that- kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It is good. It's good it that is. it went that way because mm-hmm. if it had stayed the other way and mm-hmm. did that, I mean, that's friction that you it don't is, need. It is tough, and and you know we try to always. Um, you know, it, it impress upon people, you know, a gun owner is, is your neighbor, is your, mm. your, your banker, is the guy that sells you coffee, is, is anybody. We're not all, you know, uh, conspiracy theory, nut job, what, whatever you want to say. We're, we're, most of us are just average person and we want to just shoot for fun and we enjoy it. We collecting, I mean, there's mm. a huge amount of people who, are into it for the historical aspect. Yeah. I mean, that have guns, you know, you know, Chris, the co-owner of the shop has guns back to, 
I don't know if I would say 1700s, mm. um, but it, it, the, the, there's so much history in what are them. Those called? Blunderbusses. Blunderbusses. <laughs> um, you know, and and he'll and he, you know, he uh, he'll bring them into the shop and and you know let people look and and it's just it's amazing you know to to. I always look at them and think, my God, what has this been through? What, yeah. you know, what, where was this? Yeah. Who touched it? Who? That's exciting you know, to think about. It is. It is. Um, and so I think, you know, trying to get people that, you know, that, that there's more to it. There's, you know, than, than just wanting to be violent or wanting to be John Wick or, yeah. which is, it's fine if that's what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, if you. Well, some, you know, when you talk about collectibles, some really dig the engraving and the mm-hmm. artistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, one of my new things is watches. Oh, and yeah. I've been watching tons of content on watches. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys has a collection of Italian shotguns that were engraved by some super famous guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, they can go six figures, oh, these yeah. shotguns. Yeah. And he's, he's like, I'm not going to use them. He just, but I just love the artistry of mm-hmm. it. It's a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Then <clears throat> others dig the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. One of my buddies talks about hammers and triggers and do I, which one's better and which one feels better. So it's it it it, it gives you if you are into it mm-hmm. there's a few different things that will you know if you're an in- engineering yeah. nerd and to, to, to like look, how that works. Exactly and and, and guy. Yeah. The, it checks a lot of boxes. It does. It does. The fit and finish. I mean, I look at at so many of Chris's and and the 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 metal to wood finish mm. and fit, and you think this thing is over 150, 200 years old. So was done by hand. Yeah, and it still to this day is is almost perfect. And and you do you just whether you like guns or not that just. Like you say, it, it fits so many boxes on the engineering, the artistic, the woodworking, the just everything. Yeah. And then, like you say, just the the who owned it. Yeah. You know, I like watching uh, Pawn Stars when, yeah. they, when they do those. <laughs> those blunderbusses are funny. Oh, they are. Yeah. Um, How do you and uh, this is the, I guess this is the be the most political question that I, (laughs) that I'll ask. Where do do you, what, what do you think are reasonable common sense regulations that there should be in place for Washingtonians? Well, I I mean, I think for anywhere, I think that again, um, if you're trying to keep guns out of the hands of those who shouldn't have them, make it, I don't want to say easier, but we have a serious um, deficit in what is re- being reported mental health wise. Mm. You know that I tell people all the time. It you you know I can't I can't make a judgment if I don't have the information. Right. You know when I call Nix and do the background check on you, if there's a whole part of your life that's not reported. How can I, how can they say, yeah, he's a good, he's, he's legal or he's not. And so I think, um, the, the reporting of mental health. Now I know that that gets, that, that does open up for a kind of a slippery slope because you, I'd hate to see an issue where, well, let's say somebody says, you know, 10 years ago, I 
was getting a divorce and I lost my job and my mom died and my dog got run over and I, I was, I put myself voluntarily in a mental health facility. I, cause I recognized things were not good for me. I was there for two months. I got out. I'm fine. I'm on medicine. I've never had another episode of I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm mentally stable. I would hate to think of that person that if they looked at it and said, "Mm, you had a problem 10 years ago, now you can't own a gun. Um, Versus somebody who is showing maybe chronic long-term signs or something like that. Um, But figuring that out first and foremost. um, And, and, you know, again, there's, I know there's not an easy solution, but um, I think, I think putting putting laws in effect that are only going to affect you and I, they're you know they always have this idea they're not going to you know they're well they're going to stop the crime. It's it's not because criminals no. by definition it'll be one thing or another. Exactly, <clears throat> you know make make this the the penalties stiffer. I mean you know if 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 the law says that you use a gun in a crime, it's an automatic ten year. That's what it should be. And, and, you know, I, and I, I would, I, I understand you're always going to have the problem or the situation. Well, my, you know, my, my son, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, this is what, this is what the law, it it is. Um, but, um, I just, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, when people ask with like, especially with like the assault weapons, well, well, why do you need this? Or why do you need, why do you need a magazine that holds 30 rounds yeah. or why do you need this? <laughs> I heard that question. Recently. Oh yeah. And, and I always come back with, okay, if you, you know, because again, the state, they always, they always try to put things around kids that were saving kids lives. And, you know, and I mean, I, I would never in a million years condone violence against kids and the shootings, but let's look at, if you really are worried about how kids are dying, let's look at how they're dying. Hmm. And I would be willing to bet that they're, it's not guns. If you, and I'm not talking, you know, take the, take the, the suicide out, take, because that's a mental health issue. That right. to me is not a gun violence issue. And I don't know how to solve that. Um, but, and then take, take gangs out. I'm talking kids that are innocent victims of, of gun violence. I, there's, there's, I think the last report I looked at in this state, it was very, very low. Yeah. How many kids are dying by texting and driving, drinking and driving, distracted driving, you know? Oh, just last week yeah. in, uh, on 410. Yeah. So if you really are worried about kids' lives, let's, There's ra- other things. let's raise, you know what, raise the driving age <clears throat> to 18. Yeah. And even on top of that, the very, very unfortunate, horrific events that do happen aren't AR. No, they're, not. They're not AR no, related. No. They're, they're hand, I mean... You know, and that's even, but there's no, you know, and I was having this conversation with a a friend the other day. It's like, there's nothing you can do about how many there are. Yeah. It's, it's more of the controlling who, who gets it. But a lot of that just seems to be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do understand the concern of having a national database of Mm -hmm. people with who, who, you know, have some sort of mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm note on the right like who controls this exactly i mean there's a ton of other but it it, it kind of seems like it <sighs> would be a good place to start mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, at least at least something. I think the again the 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 last one of the last reports I heard, like the vast majority of states don't report to the federal government. Mm. So they're not, you know, they're not, or they, you know, they, it, you're not even giving us anything, you know, come, you know, and I mean, and I think too, and making, making some of the laws, it, I think we've gone so far away from where you could, you know, where a parent could, could send a child to a, a mental institution and they had no choice to we've kind of swung the other way where it's so hard to have someone committed. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's if, if my son or my partner who, you know, my son has known me his entire life. If he tells authorities, my mom is not right. There is something wrong. He should have some say in, you know, Take her, take her for four, you know, 20 for sure. four, you know, and if you, and at the end of it, you know what, if you tell me I'm the one that's crazy and she's totally mentally got everything in a, in a line, mm. great. But there should be something that this, that the family or loved ones or people that are closest to them could say, this person needs to be held. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is my dad and he doesn't, you know, he's out in his bathrobe speaking in <laughs> tongues and, you know, um, so just, yeah, I, I think that, you know, and you're right, you bring up a good point that they're not, you know, they're not ARs, you know, in this new law, the the Senate Bill 20, the 1240, um, you know, we've gone over it and and we've literally had to look almost at every firearm that we have that mm-hmm. that's a semi-auto or whatever and look and say, is it this? Is it this? Is it, you know, nope, nope, it's okay. Um, but a perfect example of, of, of this, this, you know, our government is a Ruger Mini 14. Okay, it's a semi-automatic centerfire rifle. Has a detachable magazine. If it has a threaded barrel or a muzzle device or a thumbhole stock or something like that, it's illegal. But if it doesn't, it's got a wood stock. Doesn't have a thumbhole. It's legal. Hmm. It's the same gun essentially. Can still shoot. You know, it still has a detachable magazine. It's the same caliber. It's the same gun. It's just you're telling me that if it has a threaded barrel, it's illegal. But if it doesn't, I'm okay with it. Yeah. What what sense does that make? Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um. So w- the guns that you did have in inventory mm-hmm. that don't comply now with this, what happens to those? Um. We were pretty fortunate that we kind of stopped ordering guns um, before, you know, kind of well in advance, figuring that if we, if we, we gave ourselves a, a buffer to sell them, do the background checks and get them out of the shop. Yeah. Um, we do still have s- none of ours, but we do have some consignments. So ones that we're selling for people, um, the law does allow us to sell those online out of state. So, <laughs> okay, you know, and it does allow <laughs> this, if somebody six months from now comes in and says, I, I want to sell my AR, um, we can take those in and sell them online and ship them out of state. We just can't sell them in state. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, there's a little bit because I, you know, I mean, if you know, if you're stuck with them and it's like, I, you know, yeah, what, what I mean, what would they want you to do? With yeah, them? they would probably uh, say turn them in, destroy and then- them exactly. Yeah, um, because I can't give them back to the owner now, and so, but so at least there is that clause. Hmm. Man, it's it's <clears throat> it seems like a whole lot to keep track of. 
it's it's a lot. It's and you know we've uh, yeah even even trying to today we we uh, there's about five or six of us that were trying to read on the uh, the shotgun part and. I wouldn't say split. I think I was the only one that was, I think it was five against one. Um, but, but even trying to read that part of whether the pistol grip, does it, does it make it <laughs> illegal or legal? I have um, an AR-10. I wonder if that one. AR-10s is, I think are mentioned. Are they? So I don't think, yeah, you can keep it, but can't get rid of it. That one I haven't shot yet. I've had it for a long time. I still haven't <laughs> shot it yet. But it has a five capacity. Oh, yeah. Which I makes it so that I can't use it for hunting. I think here you like three is the max. No, I don't think that you there's can? any limits. Oh, okay. I don't think on 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 shotgun you can only have three, and you have to have a pl pl uh, what's called a plug in the shotgun. Um, but as far as rifle, I don't believe that there's any restrictions on capacity. Oh. So, okay. The, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not real practical. Like you say, it's, it's not real practical to no. have a, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, there's just a lot of things that don't make sense. One of the first things that really stuck out to me that didn't make sense was I have my concealed carry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this whole background check that they have to do for that. Mm -hmm. Fingerprints at the police station. Mm -hmm. But when I go to buy one, I still need to do all of that background mm -hmm. check. Like that, to mm -hmm. me, that doesn't make sense, especially because it's Washington. <laughs> like I sort of get it if it were like if I had my concealed carry for Washington mm -hmm. and then I go to another state. Else. Yeah, like it sort of makes sense to have to do that concealed carry process all over again. But inside Washington, the, the, yeah, why is that? Just one of their goofy things. Well, I, I will say it is because the concealed care permit is good for five years. It is entirely possible in that five-year period that you could commit a crime that would prohibit you from owning a firearm. Um, because in, in Washington, well, you, you've always had to do a background check. Um, so I, I would say it it shouldn't necessarily get you around the background check because again you you could have done something yeah um but what i would be in favor of is 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 something similar saying okay i'm going to go apply for a, a purchase permit i do the same thing you verify i'm a good person never broke the law and I'm, you know nothing prohibiting me from owning a firearm and instead of having to the dealer now i got to you got to fill out the forms and do all this okay fill out one form so I so I know who I'm selling it to. Mm -hmm. I call a number, I say, hey, I've got I've I've got Carlos here. Here's his permit number. Is he still a good guy? Is it valid? Is it still valid? Yep. He's that still makes sense. you know. And then because it's easy to say if again, if you get this permit and at 21 and you're now 35, if he did something in that time frame, we revoke the permit, even yeah. though he still has it. But on the computer it says no, no longer valid. Yeah, you know? there should be something like that. Something like that. I you know, mean, because the, you know these individuals who say that you can just walk in and then walk out with one. It's like that's not true. No. And then no. I tell them my story. It's like I went. It took three weeks for mm -hmm. this background check from the police station, mm -hmm. and then I then went to the shop, 
and they I can't just walk out. I got to wait two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's going to get worse because when it goes, there's a I I don't remember. I think it was. Was at eleven forty three another law that went into effect, and it'll 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 go into effect in January. That I believe it's going to be a mandatory ten business day on all firearms, um, which yeah is is just you know I, I've I've told people when we when we do like the NICS check and you put your information in and you know when I do one on me it pops back up almost instantly. I'm yeah I'm good to go, yeah. and you've had yeah I've had people oh. Well, what do you mean? It only took a minute. I have never done anything in my life. Yeah. I mean, why <laughs> should it take longer? Why, if if it goes through my my criminal background check, which there is none, why why does why it need? I? Why can't? Yeah. I mean, it it shouldn't take that long because I've never done anything wrong other than a speeding ticket. And it seems to me that that is they're under the assumption that you will do something wrong yeah, and that either you're going to forget about it or you're going to lose your motivation. I, I know. Or again, <laughs> like, well, what, you know, well, well, it should take longer. Well, what Why? are you going to do? Go back to kindergarten? Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> when you, the, the one nice thing, Nick's is who we do the, the federal checks through. They do what's called a retailer day. And every year gun shops can go back to, to one of these events and, and it's kind of a behind the scenes. And so you find out a lot of information. And one of the things they said when, when we, you know, again, when I type your information into the, the online form, they said, we're looking for wants and warrants. We're looking for, I think it's fingerprintable times that you've been fingerprinted for crime, not just, mm. you know, for a job application or whatever. And there was a third one. And again, and it was, if you've never, basically it's if you've never committed a crime, you're not in our database. So it's real easy to look and, you know, and I don't know how many gigabytes and whatever they, they can search it, you know, in, in lightning speed, but it was just that, you know, why, why does it need to take longer? Yeah. If there's nothing there, right? it should come back fast. Mm. And yeah, it's, um, but you're right. Yeah. People, I don't know. I, <laughs> You know, okay. So if it if it takes a month, I mean it. Yeah, what difference does it make? What difference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, they have this. I think they have this idea again with the. They used to call it the cool down period. You know, yeah. the ten day cool down period. I'm not a criminal, but I would be willing to bet I a ten day cool down period or a five day cool down period. I'm still going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it won't go away. It's not going to go away. I'm not going to decide, yeah, you know what? Ah, geez, eight days. Okay. Yeah. I'll go do something else before <laughs> I go shoot my, my employer. I mean, it, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's nutty. Um, well, thank you so much. You're very I mean, welcome. I think you gave us a whole ton of information. Good. I, I, I do have way more questions, but uh, I'll, I've, I've taken up an hour of your time already. <laughs> well, we'll come back for a part two. We'll, we'll do par a part two. Yeah. Because, you know, the stuff is in the, I mean, yeah. more laws. And then who knows? I mean, Inslee's out and Ferguson will probably be in. And who knows what he'll do? Yeah. So. It'll, well, and it'll, even with the ones that are, you know, the 1240, there's lawsuits. Bang. There's, mm, we get might get lucky that we've, you know, that maybe some things get overturned. Or there's an injunction. I, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't. 
I don't, there's times where I hate to say it because I've lived here my whole life, but I don't sometimes have a whole lot of hope for yeah. Washington State, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. Florida is too humid yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to Florida a ton for work and it is horrible. I oh. can't do it. And uh, Texas is too hot. Texas, yeah. We have a we have a nephew that just uh, just got out of Marine boot camp and he's he's back in Pendleton and then he's going to Pensacola. Mm. I thought a couple days ago I thought that boy he's never had humidity. Oh man, it is brutal. I yesterday it was kind of humid here and I felt it and I was not happy. I grew up in Chicago. Oh, and that has tons of humidity and I don't know how I survived it as a kid. But I've been here now for um, for 18 years, and I'm a total wuss when it comes to humidity. I think it's now. gotten worse. <laughs> I think because I lived here my whole life, and I don't remember. Maybe it is like when you're a kid, you don't care. You're out running around. You're in the pool. You yeah. don't, you're just outside. You don't care. But, yeah. Oh, no. Step out in front of a fan and away from it, and oh. <laughs> Well, um, so yeah, thank you again. Thank and, you very uh, much. Shout this out the shop. Fun. Tell them where you are, where they can find you. Pinto's Gun Shop, 224 Wells Avenue South in downtown Renton. And the website is Pintosguns.com. Pintosguns.com. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to sub on um the on your favorite podcasting app. Check us out on YouTube. And uh the sponsors, Rancho Bravo Tacos and the sneakers, give them a check them out. Thank you so much.